Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. Well, welcome to Financial Flight Academy. I'm John Schutz, along with my co-host and co-founding partner of Soarwell Strategies, Brent Connolly. Yes, and uh, we have a great episode for you today. Uh, it's at least going to be mediocre. Well, this I've been looking forward <laughs> to this episode. Things that make the vein in our necks stick out. You know, the financial service industry, the whole world here that we work in can be very confusing and frustrating for investors. And for those of us in the industry, we want to help sort through the fancy marketing efforts and techniques and talk a little bit about some of those things that just flat out drive us crazy. Right. Exactly. Usually we like to be inspirational. Correct. But, you know, today's event show. So we're going to vent a little bit. Well, you know, some of those. At least I'm going to. <laughs> I, I'm glad we don't have a blood pressure, uh, you know, machine hooked up to you right now. I can already see that vein in your neck going. But, you know, we're going to talk about things about like like fear cells, you know, uh, clever language uh, in advertising and commercials that may not tell the entire story. Um, you know, some of those things that appeal to this get rich quick mentality that we try to avoid. Uh, we hope that we're going to have some fun in this episode and point out some of the things that obviously frustrate us, but we think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Um, and let's just jump right in, John. Um, here we go, buddy. You ready? Okay. I, I'll try to keep things under control today. Okay. First off, let's talk about blanket advice. Hate it. <laughs> we're done with that one. Okay. No. Move on. Uh, no. And the intent of this whole show is to keep people focused on we want you to focus on those goals that you want to achieve, not on the noise that comes at you all the time. Mm -hmm. So one of the big noise things that we try to get people through here sometimes is the blanket advice. We avoid that here at Sorwell Strategies and on the podcast in particular. We don't want to give blanket advice because the advice we would give one person is not always right for another. Absolutely. Everything is tailored specifically. Right. And so one example of this blanket advice is you'll hear this from a lovely lady who uh, we will not name her. Usually I would give a rhyme to name her, but no, we won't let's not do that. Let's not do that. Never buy an annuity. Ever. And it's, it's not just her. Uh, yeah. Never, ever buy one. Well, okay. We, I don't do a lot of annuity business, Brent. I know you don't do a ton of annuity business either. No, correct. But that doesn't mean that it's not acceptable for some people to have that in their portfolio. Right. We don't completely exclude them from our process because they can be a very helpful planning tool at times. Exactly. Annuities are just simply an insurance contract with an insurance company. The client makes a contribution or contributions over time. Those contributions can grow tax deferred in the accumulation phase and can provide income for uh, a time, a period certain, or for the life of the payment phase. Right. You might say, uh, well, I just want this to last for 10 years. Right. Or I want it to last for 20 years. Or you might just say, no, no, let's make this last for my life and my spouse's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that you can do with an annuity. And really, it, it's insurance for a stream of income. 
So John, uh, real quick, give us an example of one of the benefits of that income stream you were talking about. Right. So let's just say I like round numbers, math, uh, math, <laughs> Brent, Brent is the name, right? Is that correct? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like round numbers. So let's just say that you have a $1 million portfolio. As Steve Martin used to say, uh, how do you make a million dollars? Love Steve Martin. First, get a million dollars. Good advice. <laughs> Which is actually true, right? I mean, you think about right. it, your first million is the hardest to make because of compound interest. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a joke, but it's also true. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so you got a million dollar portfolio. Okay. You spend $90,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And let's say that your social security covers $40,000 of those expenses. So 90 minus 40. Very good, Brent. $50,000 $50, left over that you have to cover from your portfolio, mm -hmm. your other assets, right? So that's the part we have to deal with. The $50,000 a year that comes from maybe it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever it is, mm -hmm. CDs. So that $50,000, it means that your reliance rate on your portfolio, how much your expenses come from your portfolio mm -hmm. is over 50%. Mm -hmm. It's 55.5% to be exact. So when that reliance rate on your invested assets is over 50%, that's a good time to at least have a conversation about, do I want to go to insurance to an insurance company to create a stream of income that is not going to be subject to market fluctuations right. in many cases? And and that's a great point. Again, avoiding the never buy an annuity because it could be something that for some people right. they're right. Yeah, they, they really are because and we're seeing that right now in particular. Right, mm -hmm. the stock market has been very fickle lately. Uh, we had a down year in twenty twenty two. Correct. And folks who had an annuity for part of their income stream were probably pretty happy about it. The other thing that's interesting is when 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 folks come to us and they have you know these statements and they say I have an annuity uh, immediately you know we think about well we got it's not just an annuity there's so many different types we have immediate annuities and deferred annuities there's annuities called fixed versus variable annuities indexed annuities none of them are created equal right and, and we're not going to go deep into these those today because it's just it, one of the things we have to explain the most when even when people have them is to remind people this is what you have this is the inner workings of it how it works uh they are complicated vehicles absolutely and, and full disclosure yes some of them do have high commissions we try to stay away from those some of them do have long surrender periods we definitely stay away from those <laughs> and that's why some people <laughs> who give Again, blanket advice will rail against those types of problems. Yeah, so a surrender period for those who are not familiar with these things are, you know, if you put your money into that annuity or some other vehicle, it would have a surrender period, uh, life insurance being an example. Mm -hmm. uh, you won't always get what you put into it because at a certain, until a certain date, you can't take everything out that you put in. Right. right? That's, yeah. a, that's called a surrender charge. Right. Again, just, yeah. Yeah, again, complicated products. The they moment. are. And and there can be a lot of inner workings in them for, you know, for instance, a variable annuity can have mutual funds in there, mm -hmm. uh, sub accounts. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the one thing about investments that we like to take our, our clients through and potential clients through is there's always pros and cons. And we want to make sure here, and we do this as Sorewell Strategies, disclose those and make sure that our clients understand those products that we're using to get them obviously ultimately to their goals. Right. And, and what is this 
what is the intent? Why is this part of the, the plan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, just making sure that you understand why we have it and how it functions. Right. Well, and the most times when you hear somebody who's upset with an annuity, they didn't really know what they were getting into. Right. They didn't know that uh, I can't take my money, all of my money out for 12 years. <laughs> right. I, you know, that is that, you know, I, I won't make a comment on the value of that, but uh -oh. uh, all right, relax. A yeah, I'm, I know. Okay. I, so I'm trying to keep the blood pressure down. Well, so. and to your point, and I, I'm, I like to eat, obviously I, you know, I enjoy. Oh yeah. So the analogy, no question. the analogy I like to use is we have, you know, different parts of your portfolio. We got, you know, apples and oranges and pears, and that doesn't mean that one is better than the other, but they serve different purposes. Yeah. Apples right. are definitely better than pears. No question. That, I'm just kidding. I don't know about that. <laughs> Next topic. I'm glad we, we got through that one pretty well. We did. Yeah, okay. I know there are probably a lot of questions about some of those annuities we named off, but we can certainly talk more about those if people have an interest. Uh, but it's just too much to go into. Right. In a, it's something that we're trying to keep short and not too complicated. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not. But the next topics are fun. Oh, this one, okay. you, you really love bringing this one up. Here we go. Okay. You know, John. Gold has never gone to zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. What's you your know point? That? Yeah, you know I did know that. Yes, because I hear that on TV and the radio a lot and how safe it is. Okay, this is the part where I'm going to let you vent now. Everybody and everyone listening, just let's go with this. So point. I'm going to try and not explode when I talk okay. about this. Now, so it is true. Gold has never gone to zero. But that statement is the epitome of selling fear. Mm-hmm. You know, the broad stock market has never gone to zero either. Think about the S&P 500, oh. right? It's gone down. Sure, it has. So mm -hmm. has gold, by the way. But it's never gone to zero. So the relevance of that statement is just purely to scare you. It is a scare tactic. Absolutely. The broad bond market, it's never gone to zero. Yes, some individual bonds have failed. Lehman Brothers bonds, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, but the broad bond market has never gone to zero either. Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> I guess when you put it that way, John. A diversified portfolio of yeah, stocks, yes. bonds, uh, whatever else you want to throw in there. Sure. Yeah. It's never gone to zero either. We're not right? saying that commodities don't have a role in some people's portfolios. Yeah, right. No, that is correct. Uh, and my point is, what is your point, Mr. Actor on the horse? <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right i'm back i'm back all right all right uh but yeah right we're not i'm not saying that there's no place for gold or other precious metals in a mm -hmm. portion of your investment portfolio certainly not all sure uh i wouldn't do all of one stock in a portfolio right that's just that is too much risk right so the, the idea of putting your whole portfolio in anything is not a good right. idea. Now you had a good example the other day of of an exercise. I think uh, that you can look at some different charts over time. When it, correct, yeah. When it, you know, talking about so every, just about it. I think everybody on their phone, whether it's an iPhone or a whatever phone, even you, even you have a smartphone. <laughs> I do. It may be smarter than me. No, I know it's smarter than me. But no, everybody has a phone, and they you probably got an app on there that allows you to follow stocks. Right. So here's that exercise for you. Type in either GLD or IAU, and look at those charts over various time periods. Those are exchange-traded funds, better known as ETFs, 
for a shorthand here in the industry. Thank you. They're similar to mutual funds, but let's keep it simple here. So GLD, IAU, either one of those, those ETFs are intended to mirror the movement of gold prices. So you'll see gold's price over time is quite volatile. Mm -hmm. And then if you compare that, if you can find a place, maybe yahoo.com, I think has some charts that you can do these things on. If you lay that chart next to SPY or VOO, those are ETFs that follow the S&P 500, the broad stock market. Mm -hmm. If you compare those, this idea that gold is a safe haven all the time or a hedge against inflation, I hear those all the time. Mm -hmm. Not always true. Right. I mean, yeah, okay. So there are points in time where you can say that that was true. There's no question. And and this is something that- But gets, it's volatile. Right. This gets me fired up is because, and I, and I talk to clients about this over the years, when we have volatility in the market, when we have current events that are going on, these scare tactics, you see more commercials oh, yeah. for gold. Yes. You see more commercials for annuities. You see, and, and once again, everything has a place- in a portfolio for certain people, depending on your situation, but nothing gets me more fired up than when you see those commercials, they're, they're, they're flat out fear tactics. It's frustrating. So that's enough on gold, but when we come back, we're going to another commercial, but uh, well, that's coming up. Excuse me. Yeah. You. Thanks so much for listening to Financial Flight Academy. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at SoarWealthStrategies.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. And we are back. And I'm glad we took that break because I think you were getting a little frustrated. <laughs> I was able there. to ice down my brain <laughs> just a little bit. So, yes. All right, John, here we go. Financial Flight Academy. <laughs> Is either going to take off or crash and burn right here. <laughs> Have you ever heard this one before? Oh, boy. We are a fiduciary. Mm -hmm. We don't charge high commissions, but mm -hmm. we do better when our clients do better. Oh, of course. You ever seen that on TV? Or I on the radio? may have seen that a time or two from a, an unnamed company. Yeah. Uh, it certainly sounds better than saying because we charge an asset-based fee, we must act as a fiduciary. It does sound better than that, doesn't it? Or it, it sounds better than we collect a fee at all times. So yes, we do make more money when you make more money, but when your account is down, we still make money. Right. Sounds better than that. And that term fiduciary has been a very hot topic over the last few years. So what is a fiduciary? Well, it's complicated. There's no single definition. If you pay an asset-based fee, it's a federal requirement that you are a fiduciary. Yeah, the, your advisor is a fiduciary right. if you're under, paying a fee. Yeah. Right. And for those of you that want to look it up, it's under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. It's one of my favorite acts. Insert ever. comment about John's <laughs> age now. Anyway. Wow. Okay. No, I'm sorry, buddy. This I, stuff gets on your nerves I, and it gets on my nerves too. And this whole fiduciary thing and the definition... So that definition of fiduciary has two components, and the first one is the duty of the, the duty of care. Okay, so you have to provide impartial. We as advisors have to provide impartial and objective advice in the best interest of our clients, and that's based on your specific certain circumstances and your investment objectives. Okay, well that's very reasonable, right? right. And and quite frankly, this is a good lead-in because. Uh, when a potential client is referred to us, we like to set up what's called an initial fit meeting. It's a simple 30-minute meeting where you come in, 
We want you to pepper us with questions. We want to get to know you. There's no commitment made during that meeting, but obviously we have to uh, act in your best interest. And if you, you know, we have to know you, right. Exactly. We have to know your situation. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of nosy questions. Mm -hmm. It's not just about dollars and cents. It's also about your family, right? All those things that you're the, the circle around you, those people that are important to you. Yeah. Are, we, are you going to have to take care of a parent? Right. Do you have a, a special needs child. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where are the, the ch children in this stage of your life? Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to leave and inherit? So we need to know these, these things. Right. So it's really getting to know your client. Exactly. And that fit being is important also because we have to be a fit for our clients, but the clients have to be a fit for us. And, and otherwise it, the relationship doesn't make sense. Right. We don't want to be all things to all people. Right. We want to be all things to a few people. Very simple. So now there's a second this, uh, component, yes. John. Yeah. Talk so about the that. second component is the duty of loyalty. So you'll, uh, you'll hear people talk. <laughs> George Steinbrenner was big on loyalty back uh, in the day with the Yankees. He's uh -huh. not loyal. Uh, but the duty of loyalty, you you can't, as an advisor, you can't place, I can't place my interests as an advisor ahead of a client's. And we have to provide full and fair disclosure of all the material facts mm -hmm. related to the advisory relationship, including what are those fees going to be? Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, any conflicts of interest. So though that is important, right? Right. We don't have any problems with these things. It's just, that's what being a fiduciary is. Exactly. And that's one thing where our client relationship managers, Karen and Penny do a wonderful job of making sure during those meetings, we provide all those disclosure forms that our compliance department, you know, make sure that we want to do that. And that's important to us. And one thing about John and myself is we've always been transparent about those costs with our clients, whether you're a new client that may be looking at us to come on board or whether you've been a client of ours for 10 plus years. Right. Every every time someone comes in a, for a review, we show them the actual dollar amount. Mm -hmm. This is what you paid us. Mm -hmm. That's only fair. <laughs> I would, I want to know that if, if I'm hiring an advisor, I want to know, all right, were you worth this? Yeah. You know, how many it, times have we talked to people and, and they have no idea what they're paying their, their, Correct. Advisor many right times. Yeah. 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 Many times. And yeah. in fact, they sometimes forget what they're paying us. So that's a good reminder. Here's how you get, how we get paid. So talk a little bit about a simple conflict of interest here. Yeah. It real easy to, it, the easiest one to describe as a conflict of interest is you're currently not a client with us. Mm -hmm. Your accounts are not here. We are not making any money on those accounts. If you move them here, we will make money on your accounts. That's a conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, clarification. That, on that. That's really simple. That's the first, that's the easiest one to get out of the way, right? right? Well, and from time to time, we do some 401k retirement plans. There's even a higher fiduciary standard under ERISA. Yeah, there, it, there's a, when, if we were to do like commission-based business, there's a regulation best uh, interest that would apply more towards that. Uh, right. They didn't create a fiduciary standard right. there instead we have to act in the client's best interest. Yep. And, you know, John and I do a lot of business across the country from, you know, you know, California to New York and all states have their own fiduciary rules. Yeah. So yep. we, that's something we always look yeah, at. Some, we... some have really gotten aggressive about those fiduciary. So it can be complicated in that sense of, oh, we have to meet another standard in this state. So, right. you know, here's the bottom line. Uh, we 
I, I always say my parents taught me about treating people right. Mm -hmm. And so it's great that there are rules about this, but uh, I, I think we hold ourselves to a higher standard anyway. Right. So. Well, and with, you know, 98% of our business coming probably from referrals at this point, you know, and we've worked with some of these clients for over 10 years and they're like, I know, I know you have to get paid. And I say, yeah, but it's important for me to show you those costs because right. I want you to be aware of those. And, you know, I, I, it's just who we are. Right. So, you know, moving on, obviously here at Storewell Strategies, we want to make it simple, right? An investment advisor representative, we can charge a fee for a service. And in that case, we're considered fiduciaries. And as a registered representative, we can charge a commission and we must act in the client's best interest, period. Right. So two different things. It depends. So, so when people ask that question, are you a fiduciary? It's, well, it depends how you want to work with us. So it's, <laughs> right. you're not trying to hedge anything, but the, yeah. you know, if you're going to ask a very specific question about a definition of something, then we have to be, right. okay, well, here's, okay. I got to get complicated here and explain right. it. So well, we both know it comes down to one word, John. It does come down to trust and trust is the word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Bernie Madoff, hmm. he was yeah. supposed to be a fiduciary. Was he not? Uh, well, he just chose not to register with the securities exchange commission. Uh, even after they investigated him, they didn't bother to make him register. So um, yeah, he was supposed to be a fiduciary and he ran what is believed to be the largest Ponzi scheme in history for 20 years. It's estimated that he cost his investors $50 billion. If you want to see more about that, check out that Netflix series, Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street. Um, and I just got to, this is where I got to interject a little bit because that's so frustrating because it is. Yeah. there's a lot of great advisors out there. And yes. unfortunately, someone has a bad experience mm -hmm. with someone like that. And now we're all looped into the same, same group. Right. And right. that is so wrong. Yeah. It's a, it, and it's any profession has I, that, I right. But, right. but it is, it's, I am sure for folks listening in their profession, it's just as frustrating, but it's really frustrating to us. And, you know, hopefully not lumped in the same group with uh, those types, but the fiduciary standard, it's intended to protect you. But you still need to do your due diligence on your advisor or your potential advisor. And a good place to start is a website, mm -hmm. brokercheck.finra.org. And you can search an advisor's name and it will tell you if that advisor has any disclosures, uh, their years of experience, how many firms they've worked for, exams passed, and their number of state licenses. So that's that's a good place to start if you're searching for an advisor. It is. It is. Yeah. All, All right. right, here we go. <laughs> Take a deep breath, John. I know I'm doing okay. I mean, I, I feel like the heart rate is not too bad here. So, all right, <laughs> check the Fitbit. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, gosh, here we go. Um, how do we phrase this? Let's talk about well, you know, putting money in the market. You know, basically like a Wall Street casino. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear that one occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Hear it on TV, radio, the Wall Street casino. Okay. So let's just kind of break this down. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you here. So just try and follow along. Uh, since 1926, okay? Go ahead, Brent. No. No, no, go ahead. Make an age joke. No, no it's no. it's your it's your thing. What were things like before the okay. Great Depression? Here we go. 1926, the S&P 500, the broad stock market. It's had 71 positive years and 26 negative years. So... 73% of those years were up. 
It's a pretty good track record. And our friends at First Trust have some great charts that illustrate this. So that's history. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. But the point is, if the average person won at a casino 73% of the time, casinos wouldn't be so large and have so many lights. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they weren't made on winners, were they? That is correct. The casinos. Yes. Did. You didn't you don't get free drinks because people are winning all the time. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, so I, that kind of gets to our investment philosophy. It I does. Think. And our philosophy is simple. We want to invest in quality investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You, you alluded to earlier, diversified portfolio. The idea is to buy quality, invest for the long term. It's not about timing the market. No. It's time in the market. And I know that may sound like a broken record, but- Obviously, those statistics back that up. It does. It does. Oh, and I, I've got more numbers for you here in a second. But uh, well, it, what makes it so difficult for people to hang on? Well, it's a good point because since 1980, the average intra-year decline is around 14%. But again, over 70% of the time, the returns ended up being positive. Yeah. Okay. So, so at some point in the year, right. the market was down maybe 14% at some point. And that's when people get panicky and they want to sell. And that's how you buy high and sell low. Right. Which is counterintuitive to it, what. Yeah. You do, that's not the way to make money. Exactly. So. And our friends at First Trust and JP Morgan Guide to the Market show this. And again, that's just simply history. But John, history shows that staying the course has worked out pretty darn well. Well, yes, it has. Uh, you know, if <laughs> if the average person, like I said, had won at that casino 73% of the time, mm -hmm. they'd keep going back. And uh, things would not go well for that casino, right? But so there will be volatility in the stock market, no question, and in the bond market. And all, you know, there's going to be volatility, but mm -hmm. we're talking about the stock market right now. The question is, how much of that volatility can you handle? And right. that's why we structure portfolios on an individual basis. Well, and, and part of our process is identifying the client's risk tolerance, right? Sure. I mean, absolutely. And their stage of life, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I may be very averse to risk, but I'm 25 years old. And if you're averse to risk in 85, you're still going to have different portfolios. Absolutely. So, uh, but, you know, going back to 1942, so we're going to get into numbers here. I know numbers are hard to follow sometimes when you're just hearing them. But if you go back to 1942, uh, the, the S&P 500 would have seen a 5% loss or more about three times per year on average. Okay. 5% or more three times per year on average. Okay. A 10% drop or more about every 16 months. And then about every five years and four months, that's the average, a 20% drop or more in the market. So we just saw that uh, last year. Mm -hmm. uh, the But by hanging on, so the probability of achieving a positive return, it dramatically increases the longer your investment horizon. From 1937 to 2022, okay? 1937 to 2022, S&P 500. If you invested for one day, the probability of a positive return was just 53%, mm -hmm. 53 and a quarter. If that time frame was 10 years, that probability of success increased to 97%, over 97%. Wow. And if you just did five years, it's 92.9% positive returns. So again, those are all past performances. First Trust got this data from Bloomberg. But uh, it just tells you 
stay invested. Right. We, we, we always talk about investing for time frames. Mm-hmm. If there's a need uh, within the next two years, then we can pivot to things like cash or short-term investments like CDs. CDs. Sure. Right. Yep. Beyond two years, we might add some other type of, of fixed income, maybe some uh, some bonds or things like that. Five to seven years and beyond, we may look at mixing in some more uh, stocks, growth and income mutual funds, those type of things. But it all depends on your tolerance for those market movements and your you know stage of life and all those things we take into consideration, which again, I, I go back to the, the FIT meeting so we can learn a little bit more about you. Absolutely. So, all right. So I've made it through without... Uh, you, you know, did any good, major buddy. health problems here. The, so to summarize this thing, you know, over the years, we've just seen that the selling of fear has caused people to make some decisions that they've come to regret. And that's what we're here to try and help you not do exactly. to have some success. Yeah. We do not give blanket advice here at Sorwell Strategies. We have an established, we have an established process here to build strategies that are personalized to each client. Yep. So if you'd like to work with us or just want to consider it, uh, we start with that 30-minute fit meeting, no commitment. Uh, you ask us questions, we ask you questions. When it's all over, we both just decide, hey, are we a good fit for each other? No hard feelings if you decide that's not the case. Very, very rare when that happens. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but th- so it's it's a no pressure situation. So right. I, I, it's a great way to handle things. So you can go to our website, which Brent, do you know that website? I do know the oh, website. Good, and good. John, you thanks should. again. We appreciate you keeping under control for this. Uh, I know, no curse words, no nothing. No, it was good. It yeah, was, it was touch and go. And thanks to everyone else. Out there listening, please visit our website, soarwealthstrategies.com. Find us on social media. We've got Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Schedule a call. Uh, reach out to us at area code 531-867-3400. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time on Financial Flight Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at SoarWealthStrategies.com or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.